Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to the mega fight week preview not just a big fight preview this one it's a mega fight week preview we've got five major fights happening this weekend five obviously because there's been a rescheduled card which is the shields marshall card with alicia Baumgartner and michaela mayer on that undercard as chief support it's bumped this weekend's action right up we've got wilder versus Hellenius. we've got plant versus durrell we've got haney versus cambosis too it's, it's a great weekend. I think, actually, when I look at it, I think this might be the most star-studded weekend this year so far. What do you reckon, Johnston? I think you're right, mate. Um, yeah, I think the cancellation, obviously, due to the Queen passing, um, inevitably has bumped up this weekend, and there was loads of big fights to, to run through. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think, yeah, probably the biggest star-studded weekend of boxing this year without a shadow of a doubt really I don't think there's anything that compares with it so I'm gonna start by talking about the one fight that I'm quite excited about and as the fights got nearer it's made me more intrigued about what will happen in the fight and I'm talking about Deontay Wilder's return to the ring against Robert Hellenius in the heavyweight division this is a fight that really intrigues me because it makes me wonder what will Deontay Wilder have left after them back-to-back defeats to Tyson Fury, albeit he's been out of the ring for quite some time as well, and the fact that Robert Hellenius is on what you would call, Johnston, the purple patch of his life when it comes down to his boxing career. So it makes me wonder how this fight is really going to play out, and I'm genuinely excited, I think, the most for this one, because it'll answer a good few questions about the heavyweight division and the landscape of it changing just yet again, because... If Deontay Wilder comes back with an emphatic knockout, people are going to start talking about him being right up there and fights with the likes of Fury and Joshua and Joe Joyce even. You know, there's there's three big guys at the top. He could fight Tyson Fury for a fourth time. That's been spoken about. Although, as we're recording this, Tyson Fury now is apparently supposed to be fighting Derek Chisora. So we really just don't know what's going on with Tyson Fury and his fight in December at the moment. But... Going back to the point at hand, Deontay Wilder, Robert Hellenius, big fight this weekend, got a little bit of significance in the heavyweight scene at the moment. 
what happens in this fight? Do you think Deontay Wilder will have everything in the locker still? Do you think he'll just be able to come back and blow Hellenius away? Or will Hellenius put it on him and actually break him down and mentally destroy him throughout the course of the fight? Yeah, do you know what? I think it's a clever bit of business uh, from Deontay Wilder's camp um, because obviously Robert Hellenius is you know, on the back of two successful victories over Adam Kunaki, who who I felt was tailor-made for him, to be honest with you. I, I felt that Hellenius was, was always going to beat him. Um, I, I'm not sort of knocking his performances there and he deserves all the credit he gets for those two wins. But when you look at Hellenius in sort of previous bouts, you know, he's an old boy, um, and I do believe that what we're getting is a, a tailor-made fighter for Deontay Wilder, to be honest with you. Um, the reason why I say that is because um, he he leaves himself wide open. Um, his guard's sort of really high. He has it open at times, and he sort of fights a bit like how um, those sort of Klitschko did, and so even Pulev uh, back in the day, they used to sort of have that really high guard, and it's quite wide, and it's obviously just so... You know, they don't want it too close. They want to be able to see everything, don't they? And I get that. They don't want to block their vision. But the trouble is, when you're looking at Deontay Wilder, who will throw that left and, and you know, pop out his left jab and then look for that big booming right, I just think it's there to be, to, for him to hit. It's like, as soon as that chance comes, Sean, he's going to land it. And, um, you know, just looking at Gerald Washington, I watched that fight recently against Robert Hellanius and, he was so susceptible to the one-twos. And Deontay Wilder is a master at the one-twos. And I think it's just a perfect fight because it gives him credibility. People will look at it and even question the fact maybe Robert Hellanius could beat Wilder. I honestly do not believe that. I, I think this fight could be over very, very quickly. If he sees it and he sees the opening and he lands it, this could be over in 30 seconds. I'm not joking. It could be that quick. But I think maybe because of the defeats to Fury and because he probably wants to just get his confidence up again, I feel like you might go a little bit further, a couple of rounds to feel it out. But when that right hand presents itself, it's all over. And I don't think you need to worry about what's coming back. I'm not saying that Hellenius isn't a big puncher. He can hit. You can see that. But I think Wilder's proven he can take some big whacks himself. You know, he's, he went out on his shield against uh, Tyson Fury in the second of the third fights. I think this is a perfect fight for him. He's tailor-made for a Wilder and it's giving him credibility and it will give him a world of confidence. And you know what? That all the, the the crap I do say about Wilder, sometimes, you know, he, he can't irritate me with his behaviour. But do you know what? The heavyweight game is a lot better to have him around. And I think he gets through this quite comfortably, Sean. I don't think there's going to be any issues. I think it's going to be a thunderous knockout. And I've believed that we may then get to see the fight we've always really wanted, barring Joshua Fury. Joshua Wilder is such a great fight, isn't it? Yeah, that's a fight that should have happened, what, three, four years ago when they were talking about a it £50 should. million pound offer on the table and it didn't happen. I think, to be honest with you, listening to you there, you've kind of sold me a lot on Wilder, like going into this episode, the recording of it, I kind of had in my mind that this won't be an easy fight for Wilder, it won't be overly a tough you know it, well it will it'll be a more of a tough fight is what i'm trying to say not 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 so much a tough fight but it should be a tough fight but hearing what you've said the justifications behind why you're saying what you think might happen in this fight i'm actually starting to believe that that could be quite true and you know i forget 
that Hellenius performances were pretty crap previously and it's the two big wins over Adam Quinaki that's kind of led me to believe that maybe there is something left back with him that he could do something in this particular fight against Wilder. I think the questions I want to see answered from Wilder's perspective is if Hellenius puts it on him Will he crumble under the pressure because of maybe mental scars or will he be able to come through the adversity and will he just absolutely render Robert Hellenius unconscious like he's done with many of his opponents? These are the answers that we're waiting for. I'm I'm not saying I don't want Wilder to win. I just feel like I want to see the answers to those questions. Seeing what heart he had in the two Tyson Fury fights where he lost them back-to-back, it made me get more respect for him as a fighter inside of the ring because the fact that he continued to get up as much as he could obviously in the second fight his corner basically threw the towel in we know the whole situation with Mark Breland the third fight he went out on his shield but that's not before putting Tyson Fury on his ass as well in the fight so he's shown he's got a lot of heart and a lot of bollocks and a lot of backbone and that's something that I I was really impressed with even though he was on the losing end of that fight I was impressed with the fact that he had that I genuinely wasn't sure if he had that in his locker and he does so there's a good chance that actually you might be right here spot on nail on the head that he might just be tailor-made for wilder hellenius and it might just be a case of they'll feel each other out for a few rounds he'll land that big one too like he does sometimes out of nowhere like he did against ortiz in their second fight when ortiz seemingly was controlling it and then that's good night vienna and that's Deontay Wilder back in the game, back in business, and then that fight for him next would ideally be Anthony Joshua because it doesn't look like Joshua's got an opponent, although there is talk at the moment of him fighting in December against Chris Ariola, which is a piss is it's a piss poor fight if that happens, and it's not the way I would want to be steering that fighter at this point of his career. He needs a confidence building fight, but come on, Chris Ariola. There isn't any other fighter out there that's tailor-made for Anthony Joshua. So, you know, there is that in mind. But could it lead on to a summer showdown with Deontay Wilder should he come through it? I mean, they're the the sort of talking points maybe we'll talk about next week, depending upon the outcome. But ultimately, I'm going to push you then for a prediction on this because I'm conscious we've got so many fights to cover. How do you see it going down? Do you know what? Honestly, uh, hand on my heart, I could see this fight lasting 30 seconds, to be quite honest with you. And that is no disrespect to Hellenius. I do think it is possible. Um, I, I will go... This this is not lasting. Go. This ain't going past six. No way is it going past six. Um, and even if Hellenius does put the pressure on Wilder, it, when you see it against Konaki, you know he has his hands low. He's just everything about him. He's just that chin's there to be hit. And you know they, what do they say about old fighters? You know, you the older you get, the power remains. It's never the power that goes. The power's the last thing to go. It's the speed. But yet, because they're so unorthodox, these right shots, you just don't know where they're coming from. He's going to be bombing and he's going to hit hard. And Hellenius is just, and not only that as well, the one thing, just one last thing is he looks very skinny again. And I think that's a good thing. I think um, he put on too much weight and I think now he needs to get back down to that. I mean, he's always had a skinny frame and I think that suits him. I think he, he performs better. He hits harder. Um, so I think it's a dangerous fight for Hellenius. And if Hellenius, there's nothing about him. He ain't got fantastic head movement, fantastic footwork. You know, sometimes he goes square on. He's, he's in, for me, he's banging trouble. This is going to, I think it'll be over in three rounds, but I'm going to go, it ain't going to go no further than five. Well, 
I'm sold on what you've said in this episode, in this conversation about the fact that you think Wilder's just going to go in there and Hellenius is tailor-made for him. I think initially I wasn't going against Wilder. I thought Wilder would win this fight. I just thought maybe it would be a little bit later on than what you're suggesting. However, after hearing your thoughts, I'm actually convinced that maybe this doesn't go past six rounds either and that if you're going to be betting on this fight this weekend, you know, look for a round betting Acker, really. I think if you're doing an Acker and you're looking at sort of certain fights this weekend, because there's that many of them, I think a sort of one to three round bet on this fight yeah. could be quite profitable for you. I'm no betting specialist, so I'm going to say that straight away. Don't take that as gospel. But I think if I was personally putting money on this fight this weekend, I'd probably look at a rounds one to three bet and, and see what the sort of odds would be. I've got a feeling they're going to be quite short, to be honest with you, because I, don't, I think the bookies are probably going to expect maybe what you're considering, Johnson, which is it's going to be an early night for Robert Hellenius. And I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm interested to see what the aftermath will be. Maybe there'll be a shock, maybe there won't. We don't. We both don't believe there will be a shock, so we'll see what happens and we'll uh, reflect upon it next week. So we'll swiftly move on and we'll talk about Shields and Marshall again and, and Alicia Baumgardner and Michaela Mayer. Now, we did do a fight preview, obviously, a few weeks back in detail, so we're only going to skim over this one a little bit and really just sort of head straight to our predictions from that original episode a few weeks ago before the passing of the Queen and the postponement of that particular show. Now, we both went for the boxer puncher against the puncher. We both went for Shields and for Mayer in these particular fights. We both felt that they had that skill level to be able to outbox these opponents. Has your opinion changed now in the week leading up to the fight? With Mayer Bumgardner, no. Uh, I think I think Mayer wins this fight convincingly. Um, I don't. I just don't think there was enough time for Bumgardner to actually land on on Mayer. I think Mayer's just uh, she's going to be too slick. Um, and I think maybe the the politics outside the ring would have been at each other. I think sort of Bumgardner might well be walking into something here where she just gets out scold. Um, so I haven't really changed my mind on that. I haven't actually. Um, I've not changed my mind on Clarissa either. Uh, I think Savannah. Um, will do probably better than I initially thought. Um, sort of looking at it more, I do feel that you know, although Clarissa will be in and out, and she's going to be, she will be close to the, she's going to have to get in close really at times to Savannah, and that sort of makes me think that maybe Savannah could land out on her. Maybe, maybe just maybe she can can change the course of this fight going her way. And I think um, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be her. So I'm I'm still leaning towards Shields. I'm not going to change my mind. I've stuck by that and I'm going to stay with that. But, you know, as we've said in the previous show, Sean, you know, I really do hope Savannah can land something and I think she can get rid of her. I'm not saying she can't. Look, there's so many possibilities how this fight ends. I know you've said it. We've, we've discussed it previously already. You know, my heart says Savannah. My head says my, uh, Shields. So for that reason, I'm going to stick with my head and I'm going to say Shields on points. I've not changed my prediction. I'm going to be totally honest, and I think I'll stick with what I originally stuck with, which was a Mayer win on points and a Clarissa Shields win on points. I think there'll be moments in both fights where maybe Marshall will have that success that people think that are going to that's going to win her this fight. You know, maybe she will land a couple of shots which will rock Clarissa Shields, but I think she's. She's effective at what she does. Even if she does get hurt, it'd have to be something that would really, really completely scramble her senses for her to then not use all that experience she has to go into recovery mode and use that experience to be able to come back into the fight. 
we'll see what happens. I'm going with the same picks. I'm not changing. We did this episode only about three or four weeks ago. So, you know, we'll stick to that. And if you want more of a detailed breakdown of about how we talk about keys to victory, you can go back and listen to that particular episode. So we'll move on then, Johnston. Devin Haney, George Cambosis Jr., the rematch. It's a really good rematch. Uh, George Cambosis Jr. will be looking for revenge. He'll be looking to get a much better performance than he did in their first outing. Whereas Devin Haney will just be looking to solidify himself as the man in this division. It's going to be an interesting fight. And it's obviously happening again in Melbourne, which, you know, I was surprised that. Devin Haney decided to to do this again. He decided to go back. But, do you know, I've got to give him props to him and his team. He's clearly a fighting champion because why does he need to be back in Australia to take this second fight? He doesn't. He could have gone back to America and have the fight in America. But yet, either money talks or he's just willing to show that the first time just wasn't a fluke and that he wants to solidify himself as that fighting champion. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I think I think there was a, con- a rematch clause in the contract. Um, I, again, I'm just crediting Wilder here for his uh, team's good work and getting someone like an Hellenius as an opponent. But um, I have to discredit Haney's team because I think there was a rematch clause in the contract. But if you're going to have that to get the chance to win a title, I understand fighters do tend to have these in there. But they should have been pushing for a rematch to be in America. I'm shocked they signed a contract for it to then happen in Australia. Um, yeah, that's it's, it's it's a it's a bit of a bizarre one because my worry is we we mentioned that in the Haney preview before that we worry about the judges out there and it's not just Australia you know it's our judges as well Jesus we're the worst for it in a minute but the fact is those two judges I watched this fight again because I was just curious to see those judges scorecards and they gave Cambosis Junior four rounds and Sean mate what did he how the fuck does he get four rounds no idea. I, I, and and that was a flawless performance from Devin Haney. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I do worry about this again. It comes, it does spring to mind because the evidence is there. Four rounds to Cambosis Junior in that first fight is terrible. So um, for me, I think Devin just needs to go and do what he done last time, even more convincingly, and win every single round. I think it was like the fifth and the sixth a couple of judges went to. I watched those fights. I watched the fight again, and I was like, how? I still don't get it. I mean, I think if there was only, I think it's like the second or the third round, I think uh, Cambodians has a little bit of joy. But other than that, it was a flawless performance from Devin Haney. He won every single round, mate. I, you know, I, I honestly struggle to give him Cambodians any rounds. So he needs to do that again. And it's dangerous. I mean, people want him to go and knock Cambodians out now to prove a point. If he does that, he's, he's actually risking losing this fight if he tries to do that. He just got a box on the outside, do exactly what he did in the first one. And um, yeah, I mean, there's even talk of uh, apparently Cambosis Jr. has been moaning about the holding from the first fight. And um, so I do wonder if they're putting some faults in the referee's head in terms of whether Haney's going to be able to do sort of the, the, the holding and the clinching. I think he might end up getting himself a point deducted as well. I hate to say this, but it's boxing's fucking corrupt, mate. I mean, we already know it. It is. It's just, it's just been... 
it's been aired in public last week. And I think, um, again, I can't help but just, I think, I think Haney does it, but I think he might just do it by a split decision. We have one of them strange cards. We're like, how the hell did he get that decision? We thought that, didn't we, about the first one? We thought we that's exactly how it was going to go down. And you mentioned about, you know, questionable decisions happening in Australia. And don't get me wrong, they do. There's been many occasions where it's happened there. Many occasions in Germany, many, many occasions in England and in America. It happens all the time, unfortunately. It just comes down to whether Haney can repeat that performance and convince the judges that he's, he's so wide ahead on the scorecards that you know he leaves it without question. However, when you mentioned the first fight and you mentioned the one particular judge who gave Cambosis four rounds in there, and you're thinking, yeah, what the hell was he watching? Does he want to borrow these glasses that I'm wearing? Because I think he clearly needs to get a, a better pair of glasses because he's clearly not watching the same fight. And I just hope it doesn't hamper the performance that maybe Haney is looking to put on if the referee has sort of seeds of doubt planted in his mind. And I know they should be impartial. This shouldn't have any effect whatsoever. Like, But we know it does and we've seen it happen before in the course of boxing history. How many times have we covered fights where referees have been swayed by... The, the, the roar of the crowd or the judges have been swayed by the roar of the crowd even when they're not actually landing scoring shots. You know, these things happen quite often and it's a concern for me wanting Haney to do well and wanting him to win this fight but I've got a feeling he'll repeat this performance and I've got a feeling he will show the world why everybody has been touting for him for many, many years, ever since he was an amateur, why he is one of the superstars of boxing and why he is a fighter that sort of sits in this future pound-for-pound list when we were talking about this a few weeks back on one of our podcasts when we were talking about the fact that, you know, in five years' time, look at the names that are going to be in there. Devin Haney was right up there. If he continues on this trajectory, he will be right up at the top end of that pound-for-pound list, but he needs to solidify himself by repeating this performance it's a tricky fight for him because Kambosis is not an easy fighter to go in there against and hopefully things will play out the right way. But I can't, can't count Kambosis out of this because he could come in there and put another performance of his life on and by doing so then upsets the apple cart yet again. And, and you know, like he did with Tiafimo Lopez, he upset him when people expected Lopez to win after beating Lomachenko. So you just don't know always how these are going to play out. But you kind of think that it's going to be a Haney victory and I'm going for that mantra of that he'll repeat that performance and it won't be revenge in this instance. I think Haney's just a superior boxer and that Cambosis is a bit more of a a brawler boxer. You know, he uses his boxing ability but he likes to brawl and get on the inside and be rough a lot more and I think that will be his downfall in this fight and I think Haney wins it. So, you know, it's another great fight. I mean, this fight is scheduled in for Sunday so I'm not too sure what time it will be for here in the UK. Usually when fights happen in Australia we get them about midday don't we midday to 1pm usually the fights when they happen oh that'll be great for us getting to see this fight on the Sunday I'm not sure of the time difference for those in America I mean you'll have to just go and Google and check that because I don't have a clue what the time differences are there uh, but I'm looking forward to it. It, it it really it maps out the weekend really well for us as fans really because of obviously the fights that are happening in the UK and then abroad so we've got the card headline with Shields and Marshall first here that finishes by sort of half past 10, half past 11 on the Saturday night, straight over to America, you've got the Wilder Hellenius card, and then on that undercard is one of the other fights that I wanted to mention and, and considered to be quite a significant fight this week in the super middleweight division, that was Caleb Plant and, and Anthony Durrell 
fighting it out in the super middleweight division, which I thought was a really good chief support bout on the Wilder Hellenius card. And actually, if you look at the depth of that card, they've got some some good fighters on there. You've got Gary Antonio Russell versus Emmanuel Rodriguez, which I think he's a great fight as well. Frank Sanchez in the heavyweight division against Carlos Negron. Again, another great fight. So there's four great fights on that particular card that I'm aware of that I'll be definitely looking to tune into. But just going back to Kayla Plant and Anthony Durrell in the super middleweight division. Initial thoughts on that and the return of Kayla Plant uh, trying to put himself back up as a, a number one contender. Yeah, I think it's a good fight for him to come back to. Uh, Durrell, I mean, he's, a, he's an aged fight. He's been around, it feels like he's been around forever, doesn't it, Durrell? Uh, the Durrell brothers, um, you know, who's the best, best of them? I don't really know, to be honest with you. They've, they've never really inspired me and made me want to watch all their fights, to be quite honest with you. Some people have always raved about it, Durrell's... Uh, not so much me. I mean, he, look, he's an old boy. Uh, I say he's old. He's still got the fundamentals there. He's still going to be a live wire, but he's not. He's not got the youthfulness of of Caleb Plant, who I believe has just got faster hands. Uh, you know, I suppose again, it's a bit like when you think about Wilder, the demons within, whether the demons of the uh, Canelo fight may um, impact his performance. But to be honest, I don't think so. I think Plant is more than capable of getting the win. You know, he's not a huge puncher. But he's got a good jab. He's got good movement. You know, he's got good feet. He's he's pretty. He's a decent fighter, uh, Caleb. Well, in fact, you know, he's better than a decent fighter. He's just, you know, he's not as good as Canelo, um, and that was quite clear to see. So for, for me, I think, um, you know, it's it's a good fight for him to come back to. I think he gets the win again. I'll, I'll be very surprised if he gets knocked out. But Darrell can hit. You know, as, as I've already mentioned, you know, power is the last thing to leave a fighter. So Darrell has shown in in one of his other fights, he had a fantastic knockout, didn't he, recently? So, you know, he could potentially land something on plant and then end it. And obviously with the demons of the Canelo fight, he might not recover. I think Caleb Plant will do the business. I think he'll get behind his jab. And um, yeah, I just think it, I think it might make Darrell look like a bit of an old man in there. So I'm going to definitely side with Caleb Plant unless Darrell lands something spectacular. He needs the win. I think the biggest thing here is he needs the win to put himself back in contention in the super middleweight division. Like that loss to Canelo, you know, people were saying he was the natural number one contender after Canelo had beat like Callum Smith and Billy Joe Saunders. And after losing to Canelo, it's put him down the pecking order. And you know, box record, you know who they've got at number two? John Ryder. John Ryder is actually the number John two Ryder. on box rec. Yeah, our on, John, John Ryder. Like, you just don't <laughs> expect that. That that win over an aged Danny Jacobs has certainly got a box rec looking at him in a different light, although I wouldn't agree with that box rec ranking. He certainly puts himself in the top 10 for me. I mean, him and Lerone Richards, another one of our fighters who have put himself, you know, right into contention in that top 10 of the super middleweight division. I think a win here for Caleb Plant is... is he needs it. He needs this win. He needs to be looking then at fights with the likes of David Benavidez, who, who's crying out for this huge fight. He wants a Canelo fight. Probably not going to get it. And if he does get it, it'll probably be when Canelo's on the slide and when he's just looking for a huge payday. Like, let's be honest. He's like he's not yep. going to take it now when he doesn't feel he needs to and his bigger fight's out there for him. So you look at Caleb Plant's options. If he beats Anthony Durrell, and you've got to look around. You've got Jesse Hart, David Benavidez, John Ryder. I think John Ryder and Caleb Plant would be an interesting fight. I think it would be a tough night for John. But if he could get through that, that would really solidify John in that top 10 
and, and sort of make people realise that maybe he even is a top five guy in the super middleweight division. But it's a tough ask and he's got to get for Anthony Durrell. Anthony Durrell, not in the greatest of form. He lost against David Benavidez, then he got a draw, then he got a TKO in his last bout. So he's not in the greatest of form. So that leads me to believe that you know, he's past his prime just a little bit. Caleb Plant, I'd say he's still in it. This is an opportunity for him to go forth and solidify himself back as a number one contender in this division and be looking for big fights again. I think if you're Caleb Plant and you're looking around in the division at the moment, you're looking around at two names I think he needs to target. One of them would be John Ryder because of his win over Danny Jacobs. I think maybe they'll look at that as easy pickings because of the styles. And David Benavides, which I think could be a, a huge clash in America between like two of the best in that division. You know, they, this would be a huge class. And for David Benavides, if you're thinking about it from his perspective, what more can he do to get a Canelo fight? Well, they could beat a Caleb Plant. And if you beat a Caleb yeah. Plant, then it puts him again right into contention. So there's a there's there's a lot of tussling going on behind Canelo in the super middleweight division at the moment. And then our own Lerone Richards as well. You know, we can't forget about him. You know, he's recently got the IBO super middleweight title. So there's an option there for some of these other fighters maybe to look at picking up a, a big title or a relatively big title in, in some people's eyes to actually then give them a bit of weight going into a bigger fight so yeah I think it's a significant fight for the super middleweight division you know underneath Canelo I think it's going to be an interesting well it's going to be an interesting way to look at how the landscape just changed again in the super middleweight division as well so that's the other fight on this particular card the Wilder Hellenius card that I think is definitely worth tuning into and I think it's probably time to start flitting around a few of the (laughs) undercards now and start talking about obviously what else we've got going on because we've crammed in to what 20 25 minutes the five big fights without really doing any form of sort of keys to victory or analysis and you know we're not able to do that for five fights otherwise we'll be here for an hour an hour and a half and we love doing these short snappy to the point predictions and shows so we'll keep it to that and we'll just move around the rest of the cards and we talk about shields and marshall again because that's the card we was excited for a few weeks back because of the fact it was an all-female fight card when it was cancelled i was gutted for them i was gutted for the fact that that card wasn't happening and there was even talk of the bigger fights on the card being moved to the undercards of of bigger fights like wilder and alanius and i was thinking you can't do this just if you do this now it's just takes away this whole women's fight card you know the history of it all and i think the fact that they're continuing to keep it on this weekend is is massive and hopefully it showcases the levels that the females in the sport of boxing have gotten to over the past four to five years with the emergencies of all these big superstars. So it is a really good opportunity for the likes of Caroline Dubois and Carice Artinstall, Lauren Price, you know, all the Olympians that have come from the most recent Olympics and, and that are looking to sort of build themselves up there. And I think this is, a, I think it's a huge card to be tuning into if you're a young girl who's just getting into the sport of boxing who looks up to these as your idols so I think it's significant and do you know I've just got to point something out the last time we did this preview and we put a video on YouTube do you know there was a couple of guys that were quite negative about the fact that this is an all-female card and you know they basically were saying things like well it's boring nobody's going to watch it like well yeah they are going to watch it there's two major fights going on here some of the quality of the fights at the top level are actually better than some of the men's 
And I say that because it is. There, there are a lot of people out there that feel the same as this guy on YouTube. And there's people that I know within the media industry that are still of that sort of sexist opinion and, and negative opinion of women that the quality is never going to be the same as the men. But I think this is a huge opportunity, again, to showcase how far the sport has gone for women. And I'm with you, Sean. I echo those thoughts. And I think, you know, people that are not on board with it. I mean, it's going to be difficult to to turn them. I think the only way you're going to do that is when the girls perform on the night and they perform a good fight. And um, look, I think in the last sort of couple of years, I think what we've seen is some of the girls steal the cards with their performances and the fights that have happened. You know, you just, there've been some real tussles and, and they're not frightened to exchange some of them and get, you know, amongst it and have a little bit of a slugfest, which is what we all like to see. Um, so, for, look, I, you know, when you look at sort of like the main event, when you look at uh, Clarissa and you look at Savannah and, you know, I suppose that has the perception of it could be a really scrappy fight. I've heard a lot of people say that. A lot of guys in the industry, guys and girls in the industry have all said that this could get really scrappy and might not look too great to look, to watch. And and that might not actually help. Um, and a bit like sort of the Maya Baumgartner, I think you might see Maya walk away with it. Um, so you sort of hope, that at some point one of them does get hurt to make this uh, a bit more of a closer competitive fight like we did with Serrano and Taylor. You know, look no further than Serrano and Taylor and even the Taylor fight with uh, Pierce soon. I mean, now there's some cracking fights. I mean, we've had some really good fights and it's difficult for us to change the opinions of those that feel like this is just, you know, it's a female card. They're not going to be any, anywhere near the elite of men. You know, it's it's harsh. It's a harsh, harsh thing to say. Um, I mean, we had it with the Euros, with, with the England Euro girls. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, I'm not going to watch it. I remember talking to people at football. They're like, I ain't going to watch that. I'm not going to watch that for. And then come the end of the tournament, they're like, I'm watching the final. So, you know, you can change the minds of people. So, um, you know, it's just a matter of the girls having to perform, show their level. And this is an elite level. These girls are elite. And then you, it's good to see your Lauren Prices and your art installs and, and uh, Caroline Dubois is coming through because they're going to be the new faces of British fighting, British women fighters in a way. Um, and and they're got they're going to be big names, especially Lauren Price. I've got you know I really feel that she could potentially be a real superstar as Caroline. And I, I mean, no disrespect to Art and Stores, or she probably has got the potential too. But she's probably more fitted for the pros to be honest. But the fact is, it's just yeah, the negativity is always going to be there. It's down to us to say, do you know what? This is. Uh, this is what it's all about. You know, you've got to watch them. I mean, I would rather watch this than YouTubers. I mean, that's the thing as well. People are going to jump on the YouTube. These guys ain't even, you know, they're professionals that have never, anyone could be a professional today. That's the, that's what I'm trying to say is you can walk into a gym and become a professional boxer. And that's probably, that's really unsafe. That's not safe for fighters to think. That. And then, you know, when you actually, I'm not a professional fighter. I've never been semi-pro fighter, but I've I've seen, I've been in around guys that have that can throw punches and they've, you know, go on hit me in the playground. And these guys are bobbing and weaving at 15 years old. And I'm like, I can't get a fucking hit in. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that it's, it's not that, I mean, I'm going down a completely different route, but when you get to a, a, a young kid at a certain level, you can't lay hands on them. They're, they've already learned the technique of the, and the skill of the art of boxing. And, and the, I mean, these girls are having, like Clarissa Shields of having to have fought boys and they were battering up boys in the gym. Caroline Dubois was doing the same thing, having to pretend to be a boy and she's pasting boys in the gym. The only way we're going to get into a stage where these females are going to get more credibility and more eyes on them and a little bit less of this negativity around it is to just keep producing big cards, big fights and eventually people's 
uh, attitudes will change towards it. I think it's just a thing in time, Sean. There are inevitable, you know, in every sport, people are going to discredit the females in, well, in certain sports anyway, and boxing is definitely one of them. And football was one of them too, and still is. So it's just a matter of the girls performing and hopefully we'll change the mindset of those that don't, that don't like it. Here, here. Well said. And uh, here's to you. Can't remember your name on YouTube, but you commented on the video the other week and you said it was boring. This is our response to it. And if you still don't like it, well, just don't watch. Simple as that really, exactly. isn't it? Just don't exactly. watch. Just don't, don't watch, watch it. Uh, Johnston, five more minutes left of this episode. So another fight that's happening this weekend that unfortunately is going to fly under the radar because of how much is going on is James Jazza Dickens challenging for the vacant IBO World Featherweight title against Lorato Diamani in Liverpool. It's a huge fight for him, a huge opportunity for Jazza Dickens, who's been looking to fulfil that potential for some time now. He lost to Kid Galahad in 2021 in his world title attempt for the IBF version. He's now fighting for the IBF. It's a perfect offer Jazza to finally get to his potential level, which is to become a world champion. So a great fight happening over in Liverpool there. On the undercard, you've got Peter McGrail, you've got Joe McGrail, you've got Alex Dilmagani on there, you've got a Great few prospects that are on there, two and three and oh prospects in William Corley, Frankie Stringer, Stephen Kearns, and Michael McGurk also fighting this weekend as well. There's plenty, plenty of fighters this weekend that are on and I implore you to make sure that you as many of them as you can and of course we'll be back next review all the big fights and talk about how the landscape of the divisions have changed as a result of certain victories will we get any upsets next week that's the big question well I'm excited to to talk about it next week but we've got a couple of minutes left just before we say our goodbyes for this episode final thoughts from you Johnston on this weekend's fights yeah, just just to just recap and elaborate a little bit more on what I was just saying there. Um, the point I was trying to make is people want to watch YouTubers, male YouTubers, uh, who are not skilled anywhere near the level of these female fighters, and um, and they get a lot of credibility. And people watch that, and people like that. F- female fighting professionally is uh, a lot better than that shit. That's what I'm trying. To, that was the point I was trying to make. And yeah, I mean, if there's going to be any surprises, I think you might see Cambosas Junior get a, a ridiculous car go his way. Um, possibly Darrell, but other than that, I think he's pretty comfortable. Um, the, the Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall is a 50-50 fight. Anyone could win that. We've gone with Clarissa. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't really see. I mean, if Hellenius wins this fight against Wilder, I will eat my hat. And I'm, I promise that right now. <laughs> uh, it, it might be a moment when he might actually stun Wilder a little bit, but I doubt it. I don't think he's even going to get that even near him, even close enough to him to do it. Um, but yeah, look, I'm looking forward to the weekends and loads of fights. Just enjoy, guys, and um, yeah, we'll catch you next week uh, to run through the results and then on to the next one. Well, I'll get that hat ready just in case because if he does manage to uh, if he does manage to beat him, then I'll make sure we have that hat ready for you. Uh, but that's it for this episode. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you to our patrons, especially for all the support that you're providing us. You're getting all these extra episodes. I've just done a Q&A on there with myself, a load of questions that were answered. An hour and a half long. Never thought it'd be that long, but it was. We've got Boxing Through the Decades as patron-only content as well. You get ad-free and early access to episodes on there so if you're not already a patron please check us out on 
BTR Boxing Podcast Patreon page on the Patreon website. You can find us there. A big shout out to all of the new patrons as well. Big shout out to Josh. A big shout out to Stretton by Sketch. That's what the name is on the Patreon app. So I can't address you by your actual first name, but a big shout out to you. A big shout out to Deduda as well. I think that's pronounced. There's another one that hasn't used their actual first name and used an alias. Big shout out to the three of you for recently joining the Patreon membership service. And for everybody else, as always, thank you for the support. Please make sure you're sharing this episode on social media. Share any of the short clips. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. Drop a comment below if you're watching on there. If you want to find us on TikTok, we put all our short clips and videos up on there too. Please have a look. Follow us. Share anything that you see. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the fights this weekend and we will see you next week. Podcast Network.